This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. Good morning. Well, the gospel today features one of Jesus's infamous parables. And unlike some of the more recent ones we've heard, this one seems to be, seems to be pretty straightforward. It starts off by saying, then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not lose heart. Great, an encouraging parable about prayer. How lovely. And thank you, Jesus, for being so clear this time. But before we get too excited, I want to remind us of a couple of things. First, parables are never straightforward. They are by their nature opaque and fuzzy, and they require the hearers to do a bit of wrestling with whatever the subject matter happens to be. And parables aren't easily reduced to one single lesson that can be explained in a sentence or two. They're generally multiple possibility, there are generally multiple possible meanings to any given parable with a variety of interpretations that could be applied to the teaching. And third, the key to understanding a parable is usually found within the parable itself rather than in its introduction. This means then that this parable might not actually be about prayer at least not in the way we often think about prayer, as simply asking God for something. There's more going on here, and we've got to engage the story to find out what it is. So let's engage the story. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city, there was also a widow who kept coming to him saying, grant me justice against my opponent. So we've got our main characters, a widow seeking justice, and the judge who's tasked with giving it to her. And as in any good story, there's a problem. The widow asks for justice, but the judge won't give it to her. The widow asks for justice, but the judge won't give it to her. Over and over, like a broken record, they find themselves stuck in this place with no resolution, appearing destined to repeat this pattern again and again, perhaps forever. But then, suddenly, unexpectedly, the stalemate breaks, and the judge says, I will grant her justice, just like that. Now, we're told he relented because he didn't want the widow to, quote, wear him out, and yet his granting of justice appears to be just as capricious as his not granting of justice. We're left to wonder what was different about that day. Was his breakfast especially good? Was he wearing his favorite shoes? Did he simply get a really good night's sleep? Was there some other random reason that made him act differently that day? It could have been literally anything. And that's the problem with the kind of power that this judge appeared to have. It was disinterested and arbitrary And the way he exercised it was wholly dependent on whatever struck his fancy that day. We know this because the text tells us he was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. 
His moral compass wasn't tuned toward the God of Israel or any other God as far as we know. He didn't notice or care about what other people thought. And he wasn't interested in considering the situation of the folks who came before him each day. There's not a thing guiding him other than, well, him and what seemed good to him in the moment. And he gets to operate like this because he makes the rules. He gets to operate like this because he's in charge of the system. Now, the widow, on the other hand, she's not in charge of the system. She's on the receiving end of whatever the system decides to hand out. Now, ideally, this is supposed to work out in her favor. Widows are a heavily protected class of people within all parts of Israelite, Jewish, and early Christian writings. The community was to provide for them, to look after them, and to advocate for them for the entirety of the time that they lived as widows. So she should never have been in this frightening and frustrating spot in the first place. But she is. And though she doesn't have access to the same resources that a more well-off person would, she uses what she does have to get what she needs. So what does she have? Desperation? Oh yeah, she's got plenty of that. We don't know the exact nature of her situation, but a widow living in first century Roman Empire did not have it easy. Passion? Definitely. This was life or death, either hers or someone she loved. So yes, there was passion. Commitment? You bet. No wiggle room on this. Go big or go home applies here. Hope? Apparently, yes. How else could she get up day after day and stand against this judge? And faith? Most certainly. Her trust in the God who loves her gave her the strength to push through the constant no. And now, finally, she can add justice to the list of what she has. Long desired, hard fought, usually just out of reach, never guaranteed justice. According to Jesus, though, justice was always going to be hers. God will quickly grant justice to God's chosen ones who cry out day and night and will not delay long in helping them. Well, okay then. Again, thank you for making it so clear and simple, Jesus. Except it isn't so clear and simple, is it? Something about that just doesn't hold up to what we see around us every day. Not all stories of injustice end up the way this one does. We know this. Much of the time, disinterested and arbitrary power doesn't back down against the people pushing against it. In fact, a lot of the time, it doubles down and digs even deeper in its position. Does God not see this? Does Jesus not know this? In fact, Jesus does know this perhaps better than anyone. Jesus knew full well what happened when people like the widow went up against the power structure. He went up against the power structure, and it got him killed. 
So Jesus doesn't offer these words as pablum to make the masses stop whining and just eat their bread. No, he offers them as a truth about God's character. God is always, always, always working to bring justice out of injustice. The biblical narrative is unwavering on this from the very beginning to the very end. The Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who executes justice for the orphan and the widow and who loves the strangers. For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his faithful ones. Therefore, the Lord will rise up to show mercy to you, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. But the biblical witness doesn't stop there. It isn't enough for God to want justice. God calls us to want justice as well. Justice and only justice you shall pursue so that you may live and occupy the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Give justice to the weak and the orphan. Maintain the right of the lowly and the destitute. My favorite, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. In this parable, Jesus indicts the system that fails to hand out justice in the way that God intends, and he offers a model of faithfulness in the face of that terrible failure. The widow stands as an example of what can happen when a justice-loving, justice-seeking member of the community pursues justice. Her scrappy, don't-take-no-for-an-answer, dogged persistence got it done. Now, I wonder what would happen if we acted more like the widow. Now, I know St. David's is no stranger to a certain type of justice work. We've long been in the business of connecting people with resources like food and clean laundry and basic hygiene supplies. We've long been in the habit of the ministry of accompaniment as we walk alongside our struggling neighbors. We've long been in the custom of writing checks to agencies that serve the neediest in our city. And we should keep doing all of this as long as there is need for them. But I wonder if we're being called to do more. I wonder if we're being called to participate more fully in the ministry of advocating, like the widow did, to change the systems in which injustices happen. Perhaps it's time to point our city and state leaders to the justice-fostering ways of living that our God calls us to embody. Perhaps it's time to encourage policies that respect the dignity of every human being, that strive for justice and peace among all people, and that allow us to love our neighbor as ourselves. As a parish, we're poised to move in such a, such a direction. We've already started. What was once an anti-racism task force is now a racial justice standing committee of the vestry. It's a mouthful. But what it means is that it's more permanent, right? A task force is something that's put together for a short period of time to do a thing. Ours was put together in the summer of 2020 to figure out how to respond to protests in the middle of a pandemic. 
but now it's a standing committee of the vestry, right? There's heft to it. I checked the wording with our rector last night to make sure I wasn't putting more onto it than it is. Our curate, Kristen Braun, is initiating a weekly trip to the Capitol for anyone who wants to talk to the representatives about the justice concerns that we want them to focus on. So if you want to do that with her, call her up. She'd love to have you. And as a parish, we're working to have a more formal, systematized response when there's a local rally or march to protest injustice. So we have a lot to learn, and we are going to make mistakes. But they will be holy mistakes, sanctioned by the justice-loving, justice-seeking God that we follow. Now, I'm excited about these initiatives specifically and the future of St. David's generally. If you're excited too, then I invite you to join me in participating. Let's use our feet to march with the mistreated and our mouths to speak out against hate. Let's use our legs to stand with the ignored and our hands to connect with the broken. Let's use our eyes to look out for the lost and our ears to listen for their wails. Let's use our heads as we create just policy and our arms to wrap it all in prayer. Amen. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.